Hi, this is Jaron Kamen, and you're listening to the Rabbit Room Podcast. Jenny Youngman, a songwriter based here in Nashville, is about to release her second record. It's called The Girl with Good Intentions. She recently sat down with the album's producer, Andy Osenga, to talk about the process of writing and preparing her second record in the midst of being a wife and a mother. This is what they said. Hello, this is Andrew Osinga, member of the Rabbit Room, and uh, I'm here with my friend Jenny Youngman. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, Jenny has a new record that is about to come out called The Girl with Good Intentions, and it releases what day? August 1st. August 1st, 2013, the year of our Lord. And yeah, I produced the record, and we're sitting here in the studio where we recorded the bulk of the record. And we are going to talk about the process of both uh, the making of the record and the internal process of getting to the point where making a record was the thing to do. So why don't you give us your history a little bit, Jenny? My history, the short version, I guess. Um, I've lived in Nashville about 15 years and um, have not really thought of myself as a musician. I mean, I've always been in music my whole life. Um, but you move to Nashville and see what musicians are and would never dare to put myself in that category. I came here for publishing, actually. Um, book publishing, right? Book publishing. Yes, book publishing. When my I finished school and graduate school and had to get a grown-up job and everything, um, came here to do book publishing, did that for a long time. And then had a bunch of babies. and <laughs> how, how, how many babies? Four, is a bunch. four babies is a bunch of babies. That is. Um, and so um, working in an office didn't work anymore. Um, so I stayed home with them. And then just kind of, uh, again, I, mean, I played the piano my whole life. Just found myself sitting at my piano all the time, sort of just writing songs and did not really know where they came from. Didn't know if they were real songs or they were just sort of, you know, meanderings or whatever and um it just sort of found myself sort of going I think I I think I like doing this I think this is kind of a thing so just kept on doing it and now it's kind of that's why I'm in Nashville you were working in publishing and you writing Mm -hmm. these songs and having these babies and how old are your kids 10 and 7 and 4 year old twins Yes, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And your husband is Mark. a pastor. Yes, mm-hmm. my husband is a pastor here in Nashville, um, just outside of Nashville. So that's what our life is. Our life is sort of, you know, a pastor's family and, and kid life. Um, so it's just kind of hard to think about um, what it looks like to add music to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I let go of most of the publishing, the book publishing jobs and. Um, Really, sort of focused on the family, on my family. I focus on my family. That's good. That's good. You should uh, start a nonprofit. I should start a nonprofit. I think I'm going to call it that. So, what was the thought process into going from taking care of children, having a career, and having these songs? What what led to calling a producer and saying, "I want to make a record." I guess about six years ago now, I made, I did make a record um, mm-hmm. with a great producer here in town. Um, and that was sort of like, I think of it now as like my hobby record. Like I wrote some songs and was like, hey, I think this could be a thing or whatever, but I don't know. Um, 
and worked with a producer here in town, um, which was a friend of a friend and um, was a great experience. And I love those songs, um, but it felt kind of like a hobby record. Like I didn't know what to do with it. All of a sudden we had all these CDs in my attic and we sort of were just like, hey, I guess we got to try to get somebody to buy these. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there was like, um, I guess, you know, people write books like on how to do music business. Like I would say like how not to do it. Um, that was like it. You know, spend a bunch of money on a hobby. Um, and so anyway, you know, we made that record and that was fun. And I, I it taught me a lot and um, it was a great experience. And then after that, uh, is when I had when when we had the twins, and mm-hmm. um, it was just sort of like everything in our world kind of shut down for a little bit because yeah. it's just a lot to do. <laughs> Two babies are a lot to do. So after after that, it was like things got settled. We came out of that sort of saw the sun from all of the work of. Two babies in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, oh, man, I have all of these song ideas. I have all of this sort of creative energy. And um, I just had this real struggle with, is it worth it? Is it a hobby? Is it worth it? It's going to take time away from my family. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a logistical thing to get me away from them to create, record, whatever. Like yeah. It was going to be a big deal. And so I just had this sort of crisis of... You know, am I good at this? Am I good enough to warrant being away from my family and that whole thing? And um, so I had some conversations with a couple of friends, and um, one of them sent me to you, you yeah. know, and that was like an early on conversation to just sort of say, hey, <laughs> that's like my recollection of that conversation is like, hey, could you listen to my song and tell me if you think I'm good enough to write another one? That's kind of how it was. And um, um, just just, just <laughs> bumbling moron like i'm sitting across the table from like one of my songwriter heroes like hey could you listen to my song and tell me if you think um i should write anymore um oh my goodness. and that really kind of was you know uh, that was my re- recollection of that conversation <laughs> and then but what's funny about that too is like i was talking a lot about this mom stuff and you were like hey no you should talk to G- jill phillips about that like at, like all the mom stuff you're like Defer, defer, you should talk to Jill about that. So I don't know. I then I guess it, like when you're just starting, like people say all the time, like, oh yeah, you should talk to this person. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you should talk to that person. So then like you're in that place where you're like, hey, person A told me to call you because you would have some good advice about whatever. So it was like a kind of a like vulnerable. <laughs> moment you know when you're emailing strangers and people that you look up to like hey could we have coffee um so that was weird but i'll say like you had really good advice just sort of like keep writing keep writing and when i talked to jill i did actually have coffee with her and again was like hey you know (laughs) same kind of thing like hey um could you listen to my song tell me i'm good um, which was not, you know, like not even the question I meant to ask, but you just get in front of someone, you just start talking, you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, but Jill had really good advice. She said, I, and I remember it to this day, and I've told it to a few people. Um, she just said, you know, there's like, you have to think of your life in like seasons, and you'll have seasons as a mom when you can write and you'll have seasons when you can perform and you'll have seasons when you can record and you just have to like be um aware of what season in your in season mm. that you're in and so like look around your life and say <clears throat> you're home with with babies right now you're not going to go 
out all over playing shows and yeah. you don't have any money. So you're not going to record a record right now, but mm-hmm. what you can do is write songs. So pay attention to that and write songs hmm. and then look for the next season to change. And, um, that was really, I wrote it down. Like, yes, that was so helpful. Just the clarity of, you know, w- of where I was and what to do. And, um, so I did that. I just wrote songs like crazy. Um, and you know that cause I brought in like 20. That was awesome. <laughs> and, um, a lot of them were about the same thing. And so it just seemed like, okay, we have, this is, this is what I wanted to do. This was the record. And, um, yeah. And then it was just every, every season it did just seem to shift. Like it was time to record. It was time, you know, it was time to write. It was time mm-hmm. to record. And now, you know, here we are now, I guess it's time to like sell some CDs. Sell some CDs. Well, cause I remember we met and yeah, we, we had lunch that one day and then over the next probably two years, a year and a half, like you would, every four months we would get together and work on songs and mm-hmm. you'd play me one or two new songs. And then I guess it was, I don't know, a year ago you showed up and you had like 12 or 15 new songs. Like you had obviously not written two, you'd written a ton yeah, and they were great. And I remember you just playing one after another and I was like, okay, I think you're ready to do a record. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah. Like, uh, I remember just how fun that was for me to hear, like, to hear these these com- these thoughts come to fruition, and uh, to hear the confidence that you had in them. Yeah, I just uh, that was one of my favorite memories of this process. Yeah, for sure. That day. Yeah, I remember that day. I do, and I remember having a couple of songs that I was really sort of questioning, sort of like this is. I think this is just like a personal song that will just kind of be for me. And you were like, no, 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 that's so great. <laughs> Those are my like, favorite kind. <laughs> you have to put that out there and um, being terrified. And I still, I mean, I still kind of, there are a couple of songs I'm terrified of. Hmm. Um, but I love that they're on, you know, I love that they're on the record. And now I'm just sort of like, I'm just not, you know, stuffing my fears, but <laughs> sort of <laughs> sitting on them and just sort of like waiting to see what happens. But no, I th- I, they're great. I'm so proud of it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So for you, what was the process of starting the record? So I know we, we initially, I mean, our first number of meetings were just primarily looking at songs. Yeah. Papers all over the floor, different songs. Some of them arrows and stars and what if this bridge from this thing became a verse in this thing and yeah what was that process like for you um that it wasn't it was amazing i mean you know what's still odd to me is that like i like my sort of prior career is like editing books and materials and like having these conversations with authors about putting different pieces together um, and it never really translated in my head to like that you would do hmm. that to a song, you know. And so then I had all these papers on the floor and like being able to sort of manipulate like, oh, that idea goes with that song. And that idea goes over there, you know, just kind of I was just sort of blown away by that. And I mean, the, it, it takes one time to do that before you realize or before you can apply that into every other song you write. Yeah. And it just took like one one day doing that. And I was like, oh, Right. Like, you don't just sit down at the piano and write a start-to-finish song and, like, lock it in or whatever. Like, everything is sort of fluid, and that was really great. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so fun. A lot of times, the way that I'll produce a record is we'll we'll kind of block off a month or two months, and we'll just start it, and then we'll f- we'll keep 
rolling until we finish it, and then we mix it and it's done. Mm-hmm. And this record was not like that. It was, you know, no. two days here, a month later, two or three <laughs> days. It was probably one of the longest, longest periods of like making a record. But I feel like that served the record really well in that uh, it gave us a lot of time to keep rethinking things and songs. It was interesting to watch as songs would be like on the top of the po- the heap, you know, like this is the best one. We're going to start the record with this one that, you know, by the end of the time, like might not have even made the record. Yeah. It says new songs came as, um, as the focus of the record came into clarity. After we, we kind of whittled the songs down. What was that like for you when we had probably 20 songs at one point on the, on the, you know, strewn about the floor. And we, I remember we made, made two piles like, yeah, or three, there was the yes pile, the maybe pile and the no pile. Yeah. Like, what was that day like? <laughs> um, I mean, that was freeing because I had all of these, you know, lyric ideas sort of swirling around and, you know, to just be able to concretely say, put that one away, put that one away. Um, that helped. It was, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of checking things off. The part that was hard, I think, was having like the maybe in the yes pile. Um, but then again, it like back to the, you know, editorial thing, like a lot of the maybe pile, the themes in those were in the yes pile. So it was like, yeah. okay, I've, I've done that. I've talked about that. Um, so I really feel like everything that I wanted to say with these songs, it got, it, it was said, you know, yeah. in some way, even if I had to throw out a lyric that I really you know, wanted to hold on to. Yeah, that's what the old country songwriters say, the drowning puppies. <laughs> like, sometimes you got to drown a few puppies, like the things you <laughs> yeah. love, you know, you they don't want to let like go. Mm-hmm. They do. They're yeah. very grizzled. Right, right, right. Yeah, lots of beards. Um, so to, you said that you uh, feel like you've said all the things that you kind of had on your heart for this record. What are those things? Because like, to me, the record has a very specific nature to it. Like if I, I know, I know that yours is a record that comes up in conversation. When I hear a conversation, I say, you know what? You need to listen to this record. Like, I think it talks about a lot of the things that you are thinking about. Yeah. Um, could you speak to that? a little Yeah. Bit? I mean, I think that, um, the, the sort of the main thing that I come back to when people ask me kind of what this is about, or I mean, if I'm going to sort of sum it up, I was coming back to this book that I read by Gary Haugen, who's the president of International Justice Mission. Mm-hmm. And he said um, that Jesus never called us to be safe. He called us to be brave. And um, like that line in, in the book, it's a great book, um, but that line just sort of undid mm. my whole kind of approach to parenting to life to creativity um and I, for somehow for some reason i felt like a release of imagination like i think we had been kind of living in that fearful you know hmm. sort of just kind of hug together and let's be safe um and that kind of just it spilled out into every th- part of our lives and so um I, I just felt myself being kind of paralyzed like not doing anything not being creative, you know, being afraid to write songs because they might not be good, being afraid to, hmm. you know, make any big um, decisions or little decisions, just, you know, not saying yes to God because f- for fear of, you know, danger. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is not, you know, what what the thing is about. So, um, yeah, that changed for me. And I think that um, what's funny is, I, you know, years ago I started playing the – um, music to the girls' good intentions, the 
um, title song. Mm -hmm. And I just had been playing these chords and playing with different lyric ideas over top of it. And when I sort of landed on this idea of the girl with good intentions, um, it was really sort of about some friends of mine who were doing significant, like, mission minded mm -hmm. things and they were like married with children and they were moving to Africa and, you know, doing all these major things, you know, selling their houses and living in intentional communities. <laughs> just like, I just sort of stared at them like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have good intentions. Like I want to do something big and something brave. And, um, I think that's kind of where, where the, the, this whole record started was from that feeling of like, I really want to do something brave, but I don't know what it is. And so, I mean, truthfully, just, you know, making this record is kind of my brave thing mm -hmm. um, for now, you know? Yeah. No, and you, yeah, and because you, you, you reference a lot of those conversations throughout the record mm -hmm. in different songs, uh, which, I, which is fascinating. But you do live in intentional community. Can you speak a little bit about your family and how, like, your family moved from different parts of the country to all... Yeah, not all of us. I mean, but. I'm trying to get the rest of my family to move here to no avail. But yes, my old I have an older I have three older brothers, but one of them is married to my best friend and they lived in Pennsylvania um and we just, you know, lived far apart from each other and it just we never felt um satisfied with that. It just always felt like we had this longing to do life together and uh, we would vacation together and just you know, uh, more so me than anyone else. I'm a crybaby, but we would cry. <laughs> Everybody cried, but I cried the most. Um, you know, when vacation was over and we had to kind of go back to our regular lives. And then we, you know, both started having kids and it was just sort of like, oh, we just felt this pull to be together. And um, yeah, they finally just kind of got to be too much. And they, you know, felt like, this could be a good thing. Let's sell our house. So, I mean, they took all of the risk for our intentional life together. <laughs> but they sold their house and uh, moved here. And now we are, you know, raising our kids together and um, family dinners every week and um, all in each other's business. Like, it's great. <laughs> I love it. And your brother even sings on the record. My brother sings on the record. And he sings, you know, out with me when we go and play out. And, um, yeah, I, my biggest, you know supporter and my best friends and that's it's pretty great that's really cool so what was the process of making the record once we had once we, we chose the songs we had kind of a theme in mind and we started the recording um i don't know if you i mean the, not necessarily the process but do you have any favorite memories or, or moments or things that you were thought were interesting or or even i'd say days that were really challenging yeah yes to all of that. Um, <laughs> um, Can you tell me everything you've ever thought? Um, You're a great interviewer. Um, yeah, I mean, challenging for me is always like singing into, you know, for recording. Because um, you always think that you're a better singer than it sounds back to you when you come out of the booth. So that was a little that there were a few moments of frustration then not not being able to, not being able to get my voice to do what I wanted it to do, um, but the most I mean the best part of it to me I think is you know just feeling you just sort of feel it building it's sort of like a big sort of unheard crescendo in the room like when it mm. just you can tell the song is taking off it's going somewhere you can feel that you know 
it's taking on a life um, mm-hmm. and and which is such a gift when it's just sort of been you mm. plunking around on the piano kind of trying to figure the thing out trying to wrestle it down and then to hear it kind of sing back to you yeah um is you know profound i, I love that feeling hmm. that's cool i i totally identify with vocals being the most daunting i, I remember doing when i was doing the leonard thing and no, there was no producer it's just me and i was looking around just like every other freaking thing in this room has a knob on it like a tone knob you mm-hmm. know if i don't like the way it sounds i can twist something with my voice, it's just this. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'll get so mad. Me too. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard's awesome. Well, this record is. Uh, thank you for saying it. And this record is awesome. And you sound great on it. And you thank did a great you. job. Well, thank you. Um, that's one. Of, that's definitely one of my favorite parts of working on a project. Is is I don't feel like it, there's a good record. If there's not some fear involved at some point yeah. to be overcome, you know, if there's not, there has to be reason for the listener to want to listen to it. Like, what is the connection? Why this song over every other song? Why this record over every other record? Mm-hmm. And there's something about um, the very nature of the fact that it this work is completed that was hard to do that makes it worthwhile. You know, because yeah. there are records that I that I know I've worked on them. That aren't that. Like, everybody's just sort of like, you know, doing the thing. Yeah. And there's something about that personal, I don't know about this, that when it when you finally go, oh, I do know about this now. I yeah. love this. This is yeah. what I wanted. Um, and the fight through that and the... So, yeah. So, it, what I love are those moments when I get to see that happen t- for the artist. When, when I see... You know, you sitting there saying, "Are these songs any good? Can I? Should I write more songs? Like, do you, is this worth doing?" To sitting and listening to the final vocal take where you've just killed it, and be like, "That, yeah, I love it. I love it." And the look on your face—I mean, that's the—I I love that. That's one of my favorite things that I get to I have a front row seat that nobody else gets to see, and it's—and I feel like that, especially on this record, happened a lot. Yeah. Because I think the process took so long. It was just, it was really, it was a fun, there were a lot of fun days of just, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. And as different musicians would come in and play, and uh, we went to a different studio, and you played, because I have an upright piano here in my studio, but we we rented out a different place for a day that had a big grand piano, and that was just super fun to hear you go and just have, you know. No, it was a great piano. That was a great that was piano. Fun. That was a good time. It was. And we had, you know, but it was, we also had like four hours. And, okay, you got to play six or seven songs in four hours. Let's go. Yeah. Which is also kind of terrifying. Yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah. And I think you're, you also think you're a better, you don't know that you're not playing with a, <laughs> like, in line with the, um, drums, unless you listen back and are like, oh, wait a minute, I was totally off. Like the whole time I'm jamming, thinking, yeah. like, yes, I'm right on. When I sing I in the like, car, it sounds great. It when awesome. I'm- <laughs> when I play the piano at home, like, I am good. Like, watch out, Jim Brickman. Like, I am good. Jim <laughs> <laughs> That's the first Jim Brickman reference I think I've ever had. Mm, I get so mm. mad, honestly, because I think I can do that. What does he do? He plays like just doodle piano and like makes a ton of money. 
I shouldn't be saying that. No, that's I, that's that's fine. My wife has a Yanni piano book, and sometimes she'll, <laughs> she'll play Yanni songs. That has and I'm to always be like, awesome. that's not even. That's horrible. That's awesome. I have but, to get that. He looks like a dog. Um, <laughs> he's shaved his mustache though, so yeah. I, don't, I think he's lost his powers. So speaking of Jim Brickman and Yanni, who are some of the um, the musical influences that? Uh, spoke into this record, maybe particularly. Yeah, um, that is a good question. I I listened to so many different kinds of music, um, and grew up listening to so many different kinds of music. It, it that question always feels like what? Like I don't know where to start. But yeah. I think um, I'm gonna listen to a lot of Paul Simon, um, but like you know, sort of in the same genre. I listen to a lot of Sarah Groves and Cindy Morgan. Um, I li- listen to a lot of Susan Ashton, who's like making a new record now. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about She's kind of away for a while. But, I mean, I listen to a lot of this guy named Andrew Singa. Like, Heard of him. Yeah. Um, kind of weird. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I just kind of, I, I love like folksy, thoughtful, you know, Patty Griffith, like, Nancy Griffith, Patty Griffin. Sorry, I get them confused. I like them both. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love like sort of deep introspective lyric, um, but I also love like great pop melodies, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered that. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, one of the fun things was there's a lot of reference, there are a lot of references on this record to different countries and different part of, I feel like part of the story is that you, part of the story that you were telling was, you feel called to do things outside of your town and, mm-hmm. and to have your kids be exposed to the world um, and different cultures and different and, and the ways that we can be involved and what the Lord is doing in different cultures. And so we even getting to, you know, getting to reference things like getting to reference Paul Simon, but not just in the lyrical sense, but rhythmically. Yeah. And getting to try to bring in some, some of those different elements was super fun and, I remember we dove into it. We listened to that Jonathan Brooke record a lot, which was super fun. Yeah, I had never heard of her. And, and um, now I feel like I've lost, you know, a whole decade of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, it's always fun to... It's always fun. I always enjoy like, trying to... Because you, you never... No one is creative enough to just make a record without ever having to listen to other records. And you're always referencing mm-hmm. things, whether you know it or not. But sometimes it's fun to listen to records that are, don't have a whole lot to do with you, but sort of do. Mm-hmm. And just go, you know what, what if we thought about, you know, the guitars sort of like the way they were done on this record or thought about keyboards, the way sort of it was approached on this, mm-hmm. the way this, this person approaches things and more, um, and uh, and so I remember having some fun conversations with you about that. Uh, so w- what do you hope? Uh, what do you hope the next year or two looks like for this record? For yeah, you? and I know that's a big question. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of conversations. About yeah, this. I would like to sell them. <laughs> they uh, they they are available <laughs> on Jen- JennyYoungman.com. Indeed, right? indeed. Um, but two wise, yeah. <laughs> two wise in the middle. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, you know, that I know clearly sort of my first out of the gate attempt at making a record a few years ago was like the hobby version. Um, so now it's, you know, having those conversations with my husband and my kids, kind of what, 
what does this look like um, if we're out talking about this stuff, playing these songs, and it's not a hobby? And that is, you know, the, it's like trial and error. You know, we don't have like all of the big staff sitting around the table helping us yeah. scheme and, um, you know, do business and marketing strategies or whatever. <laughs> like, we're like, hey, what about this? Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Um, you know, so, um, now in the next year, I I really do. I just want to get out there playing. I'm going to do a lot of house shows and hopefully, um, get to a lot of churches and, um, talk to people about, you know, kind of where I'm coming from and, and share these songs with people and get them out there. Yeah. And you're, and you're even so far as to kind of work on a, a bit of a, not a curriculum, I wouldn't say, but, but. Sort of a presentation that would be more than just a concert. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, concerts are, I mean, like, I love to go hear music. I would love to, I've been sort of dreaming about what, uh, you know, what what the show would look like. And I do think that it's more, um, or it's less kind of just me sitting at the piano playing a bunch of songs and more like, hey, what if we all decided to be brave? Like, what does that look like if... You know, what's your brave thing? Like, hmm. is it, you know, moving to Africa is your brave thing? Like, going to church? <laughs> like, yeah. is your brave thing planting a garden? Is You know, what is your, what's sort of your act of beauty that you're going to toss out there that is like kind of, you know, like a seed of imagination? That's fantastic. Well, um, yeah, that's really exciting, and I'm excited for these Rabbit Rune folk and whoever else hears this to get to listen to the record. So, yeah, uh, and they can get it at JennyYoungman.com. JennyYoungman.com now or on iTunes on August 1st. All right, JennyYoungman.com, TheRabbitRoom.com. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. information regarding the songs, writers, and artists featured here, please visit rabbitroom.com. Rabbit Room music composed and performed by Ben Shive.